Christ is ascended. Glory be to Him. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The two icons that we have in front of us here are representative of what we celebrate. The first one, I think, is to your right, shows the the ascension of the Lord, leaving behind the church whom He blesses as He ascends. Those who are here for the Feast of the Ascension, we receive that blessing representing the church. The other icon shows the gathering of the Holy Fathers, 318 of them that we remember today, in the city of Nicaea, about 1700 years ago, in year 325. In the center, Emperor Constantine is the one who gathered them to take care of a very important matter. Who is Jesus? The Son of God, the Son of Man, to what extent is He God? The council ruled against the heretic Arius, and the decision was what they hold in their hand as the big scroll there. I believe in one God, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and all things visible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son, who proceeds from the Father before all ages. Stating thus, the man, Jesus Christ, is also perfect God, who existed from forever, equal with the Father. And thus, when we look at the other icon there, when we see Him ascended, we know that He didn't ascend up in the tree, or He didn't go up on the mountain. He ascended to the Lord, His Father, with whom He is equal and co-eternal, and with Him He took our nature. Which is why the feast day of the transfiguration brings, of the, of the ascension brings great joy. Because the ultimate destination that mankind has from the time of Adam and Eve has been reached. The angels were struck. They were in awe. How come a man is above us at the right of the Father? Well, he did this. So, the gospel lesson today shows how this man and God prayed to his Father. It's an amazing prayer, part of a prayer. He shows us how he prayed for himself, for the disciples, calling them calling on God in prayer to keep them one, as they, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one, and to preserve them. Clearly relating to what happened at the Council of Nicaea, when the bishops were united to fight Arius. The prayer continues with the Lord Himself addressing the Father about the church, and about the whole world. But today it's just about Himself and about His disciples. And this is an amazing insight into the Holy Trinity. How often do we get to hear how God talks to God? Well, here it is. Here it is how God talks to God. He calls on Him, reminding, remembering that He was given the power of all flesh to give eternal life to all whom He has given Him. Eternal life. Eternal life is that they, the disciples, know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life is a matter matter of knowledge. And after more talking here in prayer, from from the depth of his heart, we hear the Lord saying, I am praying for them, those whom you have given me, that they may have my joy 
fulfilled in themselves. My joy fulfilled in themselves. I'd like to ask you a question. If you were to put this prayer, maybe this segment that Pericopi that we read today, on social media, I'm sure you're all connected with, on the social media, say on Facebook, do you think you'll get any like hearts or thumbs up? How about this? If I was to post it, you know, if the church was to post it, would you give it a thumb up or the, the like, the hearts, like, like hearts? Would you? Oh boy, man, you had the opportunity bazillions times before to do this, and I haven't seen those hearts and thumbs up. But yet we go to, to uh, the, the social media for other things, don't we? And if I was to post my new haircut, I bet you, many thumbs up will come up. And I will be there checking them over and over again. Well, brothers and sisters, I want to tell you about social media before we get to the issue of knowing God. Eternal life, again, is to know that He is the true God and Jesus Christ whom He has sent Him. It's knowledge. It's a relationship that brings joy. The joy of God fulfilled in those who live the life of Christ. The social media, we're all familiar with it these days. It's something that, no secret anymore for any of you, I, I think, I hope, is that it's a very damaging way of interacting. And it comes as a convenient way of knowing people and developing and entertaining relationships that not only is fake and damaging, but is also addictive. The use of social media, as a matter of fact, of technology, portable technology, especially the smartphone, browsing, of anything, shopping, searching online, is by design meant to fragment the mind and to make us addicted to what produces revenue for those who give us the blessing of seeing their websites or their faces on Facebook and so on. The social media spaces are countless these days. I think they're in the range of hundreds at least 100. We know of the bigger ones, the Facebooks, the Twitter, and all the other ones, according to the age, generations, and everything else. We all have preferences. And the, 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 the scientists have designed those with something very well known in mind. They knew from alcoholics, from those who smoke without having control, from those who gamble, they knew that there is a hormone that the human body nurtures called dopamine. And this hormone is responsible for motivating us and for giving us energy to move forward. If we accomplish something good, we feel good about it and we want to do more. You know, and we have this energy and excitement about it. It's a performance chemical that, you know, is known in the, uh, in the industry by, by many and now is being taken advantage of. Such that, when we are on, online or on, on our social media, and others comment, we're quickly, we post something, we're quickly waiting for thumbs up or like hearts. And if they don't come, we have the, the heart jumping a little bit. And this go back and forth, back and forth. 
quickly rewires the brain permanently to create some new person in there addicted to not alcohol, tobacco, or gambling, but social media, the internet, and the device. And as you know, there's age restriction in this country for the ones I mentioned, alcohol, tobacco, and and, and gambling. However, parents, wake up here. There's no restriction for dopamine abuse of our children in terms of their age. Many times we give them the devices for them to inject dopamine through the roof to levels that go above what cocaine would do to the addicts. You know it very well. And look at yourselves as well, parents and adults. How close you are to the phone. What do you hold in your hand when you wake up? And what do you hold in your hand when you go to bed? Does the phone stay in the room with you? Do you have the phone in sight when you eat dinner with your family? Do you have the phone in sight when you sit around the table to meet with your parish council or other meetings at the school at work and see how this works? But nevertheless, in terms of knowing one another through the social media, we go in the opposite direction of what God is praying for to the Father, what Jesus is praying unto the Father today. To know Him as the only true God and His Son, Jesus Christ. Let me explain why. Not only the, uh, the teens, but the adults as well, respond to stress and anxiety, which is abundant these days, not just because of the COVID and isolation, but all the things happening around us by turning to dopamine shots. Some drink, some smoke, some eat, but commonly, so easily, non-offensively, quote-unquote, we turn to the phone and check it. Oh, nothing. Oh, thumbs up. No, no. And they go back and forth. This interaction in a broken way with people goes in multiple directions that affect our society and who we are. First of all, it makes relationships very superficial. It is hard, if not impossible, to make them meaningful. This, in turn, creates low esteem and low confidence in those who are abused by this kind of jump of dopamine over and over again. In the social media, we see the masked people, not with the mask we were today, but the ones whom they want to present themselves in certain ways. The fake people, the filtered people, only what they want us to see. Thus, this relationship are superficial. This filtering of the true person always tries to make them beautiful and happy. And God knows what the teenagers go through because they might be close to taking their lives away. But yet, on the media, they look beautiful and happy, strong and rejoicing. How fake that is. In turn, what do the others who give the thumbs up and the like hearts? Oh man, these people are happy. I mean, look at this guy. Look at this lady. And here I am. Here I am. Comparing ourselves with the others who post their fakes left and right, bombarding us. Okay? Naturally gives the response, I want to be like them. And, oh poor me. Oh poor me. 
The others are, for those on the media, seeing them become like a mirror, become a benchmark. Doesn't have to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Could be your friend who is sending you bazillions per day. And here I am, the inadequate me. A teen, an adult, a retired person. Facing envy, because I don't have what he has. Loneliness, with my phone in my hand. Isolation, depression, and ultimately evil thoughts. As I mentioned earlier. The social media, Facebook and the others, compare us to something that is unreal. And teach us how to forget to compare us to the real one. The only one who is real, Jesus Christ. Social media is proven to be a destroyer of relationships. It costs time and money because it absorbs us in our addiction of all ages. Would this be from work? Would this be from school? Would this be from spending quality time with one another? Moreover, those of us addicted to the media learn how to not trust others. The relationship being so superficial and fake, quickly changing. The content of the the internet messages leads us to not trusting. Compare this to the situation where people meet around the table with other phones in their hands or any other devices and slowly and steadily interact and build their relationships with other people. Learning about them, seeing them, feeling them. The true ones. Finally, there's an effect that is called the mind fragmentation or the attention fragmentation. Again, this two by design is, is meant to ruin, actually, to enhance the shopping experience, becoming the victim of advertising and spending your time and money on what they are showing you. And this fragmentation of the mind, of attention, is the one that permanently, hear this, permanently, kids, parents, damages uh, the capacity of concentration. The same with any window on your screen, especially those that change rapidly. Would this be because of the mouse that you press to change the window? Or in the video games, or what the video games gives you? It's just like a knife coming and chopping the brain. Chuck, 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 chuck. And the ability to concentrate and focus goes away. And guess what goes away with this? The ability to pray. The ability to know God. Not only the other one at the end of the Facebook or Twitter, or whatever that is, but to know God. I think the evil, the evil one calls this mission accomplished. But brothers and sisters, which we don't know, maybe you might know, there are studies now, fascinating, go online and see them. Is the fact that the dopamine hormone, the, 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 the jackpot, if you wish, is, uh, works in, in, in this way, it builds, us, it builds in us the desire, the anticipation of pleasure. The signal comes, we go for it, and then it falls down. And we want to go up again, up again. And then if, if the signal comes and there's nothing happening, we're even more anxious. Or we go back. And when it comes, next time, the dopamine goes even higher. 
So, you see now, I mean, just as an example of how the understanding of engineering, of what you do online, is meant to, to chop you, and make you victims of, of this. So, the anticipation of pleasure, the pursuit of happiness, pay attention to this, is the pursuit of happiness, not happiness itself. We're addicted to the pursuit, to go in that direction, more and more, I want to do, I want to be, I want to be, but never happy. That's why those using the, uh, the, the, uh, the media abusively have all the symptoms. Loneliness, depression, suicide thoughts, isolation, envy, and you name it. And you hear this from the leaders of company who put these things in place. Who make money out of this and of your time on the internet. They also call now for a change here. If you want to come back, they say, they say, if you feed the beast, to quote one of the big cheeses in such a company, if you feed the beast, it will destroy you. The beast they built. If you feed it with your time and attention, your eyes, your soul and everything else, it will kill you. So they say, stop using the devices now. Stop using the, the uh, social media. There is no other solution. Technical side, scientific side, this is what they say. Stop it. From the church, if you were to hear this podcast that Bill Mariani put together with Father Barnabas Powell called Anti-Social Media, it's neither social nor good media, was on Bill's um, um, site on March the 3rd. Okay, uh, you'll find a lot, a lot more information. I encourage you to do so. I wish I could have a way to compel you to do this, especially parents and those who have smartphones. You got to listen to this podcast. It's a great summary of what happening, what's happening. But he also brought Father Barnabas, who was milder than the CEO, the, the CTOs who said, "Stop it." Father said, "You got to keep a balance." You know, the same with wine. You don't go and drink five bottles of wine every time you see wine. You keep a glass, a glass once a week or whatever. You have a balance. But the danger with that is, especially with the youth, the imbalance can come in and throw it off. And once the dopamine starts getting us excited about what? The pursuit of happiness, not happiness, all that fake thing, then we are hooked. And coming out of that probably requires rehab, just like with other things. And Bill in the podcast said, Hi, I'm Bill. I'm a dopamine addict. I'm an addict of the social media. I encourage you to look at your time and what you do with your life and have the courage to admit this and take care of it. Now, opposite to this, the opposite of it, you have now the prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ to the Father. To the Father. And He's calling here, in prayer, saying again, that He had been given the power of all flesh to give eternal life. Not temporary, five seconds after giving the click, a hands up. Oh, oh, my friend likes me. Or if they don't like me, God forbid, I'll be a mess for the rest of the life, my life. No. To give eternal life. And this eternal life again, is that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. 
And what does this lead to? To have His joy, Christ's joy, fulfilled in themselves. How? Eternally. Eternally. This is not a matter of a click up dopamine. Up dopamine. Down, up and down, up and down. And every time I want more, I want more. Until I'm dead. No. This is an eternal gift that is given to us. Not by knowing the friends. How many friends do we have on Facebook? You have 10? You probably laugh if I said 10. You probably have hundreds or thousands, don't you? How many relationships are there healthy and good? Well, I tell you which one should be on your list. But it'll never be on your list. Jesus Christ, the Son of God and the Son of Man. He should be your friend. On all these. But that's impossible. So make him friend for gaining the joy and eternal life. The Holy Father teaches that eternal life doesn't mean time with God from some point on after we dead, after we die. That eternal life is the quality of life that can be experienced now and here. Not through dopamine, but through knowing. Jesus Christ and God the Father, eternally. Those who know Jesus and the Father in this life, will know Him in that life. This kind of knowledge, is the knowledge of true relationships. We are called, we are built to know brothers and sisters. We are built to know around us, not just the creation and study and go to schools and become scientists, but also to know the Creator. And this knowing of the Creator is what brings life eternal. And we've been blessed, supremely blessed, with all we need, our heart, our soul, to know the Creator. But we have also, we experience the supreme tragedy that we don't want to know Him. We are distracted. And the social media plays this great role of distracting us from knowing God and His Son, Jesus Christ, and having eternal life and the joy that He brings fulfilled in ourselves. St. Anthony of Egypt, of the desert, talking about knowing God, you know, the, whole, the, the, the Holy Father said, knowing God is, should be the only purpose of life. Nothing else but to know God. St. Anthony says the most grievous loss and greatest disaster for men is that is for, for, for men not to know God. Loss and disaster. This knowledge of God goes in a personal way. Knowing about God is one thing. We can read, we can hear podcasts, we can hear the homily. Now knowing God is a personal matter. Knowing about God, you can do on Facebook. If I was to send you this prayer there, although you wouldn't give it the thumb up, you will know about God. At least you will learn that God the Son loved us so much that He prayed for us to the Father. But knowing God removes, ought to remove yourselves from the media and come to God for a personal relationship. This is not the fake God. This is not the masked God. This is the true God who took flesh as the council 
tells us today, the Father tells us today, perfect God and perfect man coexisting with God the Father forever. It is a personal relationship that we seek. And for those who come from Western traditions here, and for us who haven't heard this before many times, this is the essence of the Christian life, to know God. And to have an intimate, deep, personal relationship with God. The opposite of what social media gives us. To know about God doesn't save. You can read all the books and go to Harvard Divinity School. You could be an illiterate person somewhere in the village in, in who knows where in Africa. And know God. That saves. Because your relationship with Him is intimate, true and deep. Who makes God known to us? Yes, the Lord says, yeah, is this eternal life to know God? Well, St. John, the first chapter of his gospel, no one has ever seen God. The only Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, He has made Him known. In other words, we can only know God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And we know in this way, God not just as a deity up there, we build temples and we pray to Him. But we know, we know God as the Father, as a friend who loves and cares personally and intimately about me. Something that nobody on your social media can ever bring to you. A father, you only have one father. But friends, those who befriend you, to love you, Care you personally and intimately. Nobody can do this as God does. To know God is a matter of time. Means just like knowing somebody else. I see the young faces here. I know some of them are in love with other young men, like young people, and uh, they develop relationships. The more you get to know somebody, the more you get to love somebody. But to know that person, you have to spend time with that person, right? You go out for a date. You go for a walk. You go out for dinner. You spend quality time together. Moreover, if that person has a birthday, a family event, a wedding, something happening, wouldn't you want to be there? The same thing with knowing God through Jesus Christ. Spending time with the Lord is paramount. And when big events happen in the life of the Lord, do you love God? Do you love Christ? Do you love Christ? I mean, do you love me? If I invite you to my birthday, would you come? You would come, because otherwise you'd be in trouble. But how about this? If the one who loves you, who actually died for you, is taking your very body up to the Father, to place it at the right hand of the Father, the resurrected body and soul. And He's calling on you, come, be here when I ascend. Wouldn't you be there? Ouch. Ouch. This is how we embrace part of time with, the, with God. Big events of Jesus Christ. His resurrection, His ascension, His transfiguration. No work, no athletics, no sports, nothing. We love Him. We are there. Just like we go to other peoples. 
It's a matter of study as well. Knowing God is a matter of study. Having the knowledge of the mind here. Especially reading the gospel. And finally, we're not after any God. We're not after any God. To know any God. You might hear people in the, in the world say, Oh, your God and my God is the same God, isn't He? Yeah, let's go hug and eat. Have lunch together. What does the Lord says here? This is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God. The God of gods, the Lord of lords, as we heard yesterday. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Well, ask your, your Muslim friend, or your Jewish friend, how do they do with this, respectfully? Hopefully you don't have to get there, but still go out, have lunch with them, and be nice to them, and love them. This is not any, it's not any God for us. Not any God for us. But to know Jesus, to know God, to know Him personally. Actually, here's, here's some things. Some, check, some checkpoints. Checkpoints. Diagnosis. Diagnosis. To know Him personally, to learn how to love Him faithfully, we can check this. At divine liturgies and sacraments, the question was here, are they stale for you? Are they boring? Just empty rituals? If this is the case, that's a sign that you don't know God through His Son, Jesus Christ. How about the Bible? Does it speak to you? Life? Or it's kind of... Uh, that's a sign. That would be a sign that I don't know God through His Son, Jesus Christ. How about coming to church? On time. Or maybe at all. Coming to church, is that a chore? Am I being pressed and taken out by parents or whoever? Phone calls? and it, That's a sign that I don't know God and His Son, Jesus Christ. I'll tell you a few things to counteract what Facebook does to us, what the social media does. If you're addicted, have the courage and step up. And face it. To know God. Here are things that will give us thumbs up. Thumbs up. To know God. We're given a few tools. We got to be mindful of this. The first one is to strive to have a pure heart. And the social media, brothers and sisters, doesn't help with that. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Number two. It is impossible to know God without the Holy Spirit. Pray and strive to receive the Holy Spirit. St. Paul says, No one can see that Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. Number three, you cannot know God apart from the gospel. And the gospel knowledge and the gospel living. Living according to what we hear and read. Number four, we cannot know God without love. Love for God. Again, when He ascends, do I love Christ? Or do I only ascend, do I only love Him when I'm in trouble? I come to Him crying here. Love for Him. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in Him. We cannot know God if we don't pray. Prayer is instrumental. Number six, we cannot know God if we, live, if we don't live in communion with Him. 
And the best way to know God is to be like Him. That's how close and powerful that communion should be, to be like God. St. Gregory says, and finally, being obedient to the commandments and the gospel. And in light of our last week's presentation on the Orthodox mindset, we cannot go but God away from the church. The church, His body, source of life. Brothers what does it, and sisters, brethren, what does it mean to know God, to know Jesus? Listen to this. Unlike knowing your friends on the internet, in the social media, whose posts and thumbs up boost up your dopamine level for a little while, to know God means to be set free from these passions, from passions and these things. It takes us in the opposite direction. When knowing friends in this way of the social media makes us enslaved, addicted, knowing God through the seven things that I mentioned to you and more makes us free. And these are the tools to fight what your phone and your screen brings, bring to you. To know God is to know that He is with you and that He loves you no matter what. No matter what. How big trouble you get in. How ashamed you are. And how painful that is. He still loves you. And He knows you. To know God as a loving God. Compassionate and merciful. Enables us to be loving as well. And when we show love, we show ourselves the true ones. Not the fake. Not the masked. Not the... The filtered. To know God is to have to experience the kingdom of God, the transformed life, life eternal, here and now. And that brings joy. That brings joy. To know God, unlike one of the researchers said, you don't go after those on your media to be like them. Don't desire to be like your friends and the many things you pray. He said, desire to be yourself. Just look at yourself and be yourself. And I was thinking, wow, I'm pretty disappointed with myself. I wouldn't want to be myself. I'm such a bad guy. But that's where he stopped. But we know better. The church, the fathers teach that we ought to look at Christ as the true man. Who is not changing, flipping. He's solid. He's the rock. He is the can. He's the rule of measure for ourselves, our model of life. So to know ourselves, our purpose in life, the essence of our being. And this man, Jesus Christ, true God, becomes the mirror and the benchmark for us. And uh, finally, to know God is to live the life of God here and now. So what difference does this whole thing make? Alright, nice, with our Facebook, we can easily say, I'm not addicted, this is what an actor would say, I'm not addicted, right? The, the first reaction, I'm not addicted. And uh, I would say, I know God, and I know of God, and I'm good. Well, remember some people hesitate to turn to Christ, to know Him, and through Him the Father, and have eternal life experienced in this life. And the joy abundant with them. They hesitate to know Christ because 
they hesitate to turn to Him because they don't know Him. They hesitate to come to church. They hesitate to read the Bible. They don't know where to start. They don't know Him. But keep in mind that they would trust. They would trust in Him with all their lives if they got to know Him. And they will find His life in their lives to bring the greatest peace and greatest security. This is what's for us today, brothers and sisters, at stake. And this is what the Holy Fathers struggle to bring as the truth for generations to come 1700 years ago. That the Lord Jesus Christ is God and man. And in Him and through Him we find true life, the truth, and the true being whom we are called to be. Our true calling and our true destination, the kingdom for which we are all preparing and praying today that He will grant to us in His great mercy and love. Amen.